Welcome to Walk With Me, a ministry of Cornerstone Church. Hi, my name's Tori and I'll be your host. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me and we'll talk. My goal for this podcast is that we as women would walk together and enjoy sweet community in Christ. Today on our program, we have Teresa Dodge. Thanks for being here, Teresa. Thanks for having me. Yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Sure. I grew up in a very large Catholic family. I have 12 brothers and sisters. Um, That is a very large family. Yeah, yeah. You don't find that every day anymore. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, when I was 14 years old, or 13 actually, my father got cancer and ended up dying from that a year later. And so my we were still at home. Seven of us kids were still at home and the others were barely out of the home. So um, some hardship came into our life. Uh, we were without money and my mom had a, had, uh, you know, a hard life with all of us just raising us and so forth. So I found myself kind of on my own. Um, what did your mom do to support you guys after your dad died? Oh, man. Well, she had his business, which two of my very young, maybe 22-year-old, 21-year-old brothers took over. But, um, you know, it just, it didn't work. They just, they did they fine, but yeah. So she did that business for a couple of years, but then ended up working in a truck stop making food. I mean, she really worked hard. Mm. She was, and my dad didn't have life insurance, so we were pretty desolate. What a and shock. It was a shock. And we all... You know, as a 14-year-old, I went and got my first job that summer, and we all took care of ourselves. We bought our own clothes, gas for the one car we shared, and um, yeah, life was hard. And my mother, at one point, just became um, very lonely, obviously, and Uh she turned to relationships, you know, Uh a couple of years into it. And then we just had to deal with that, having different men in our life that were not Right. Not quality people. So sadly, that was her plight in life, and it became ours, too. So um, had some hardships. So I really, I and I didn't know Jesus. So that was the hardest thing. And when I was 21 years old, I was a sophomore in college. Yes. Um, that's when I came to know Christ. It was January of 1982. Yes. So, and my husband, Jeff Dodge, actually led me to Christ. We weren't. We were just students. These are your students, and where were you? We were at University of Northern Iowa, okay. and we were both party-hardy uh-huh. kids, and that's what we were doing, and Jesus one night stepped into my life. Um, Jeff, uh, God kind of backed him into a corner. He had given his life to Christ a few months before, but it was too hard, and so he was back second semester to party and give up his Christianity, <laughs> which is hilarious because the Holy Spirit wasn't going to let him do that. Mm-hmm. So after a week or two of hardcore partying, somebody came up to our table and said, are you going to Campus Bible Fellowship? And he about passed out, you know, that it was being said in front of me. Oh, so, you didn't know. Um, you didn't know he'd become a Christ no, follower? No, I didn't know he'd become a Christ follower. So I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. But um, so strangely enough, after they asked him, is he going that night to this Bible group? I, after she walked away, I was like in shock, but then I said, oh, well, maybe I'll go with you. So I went, I heard the gospel, and it was about end times events, and I was really, I didn't get it. I just remember being afraid. Like, if this is really going to happen, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I just remember having that feeling. Uh-huh. 
And that evening we went afterwards, went back to his dorm room, and he was trying to explain the gospel to me in his, um, and he did it, must have done a good job. And it, it's just proof that God uses his word. And it, even the person delivering it may not always have their junk together, because uh -huh. he certainly didn't at that point. I didn't know he was a Christian, but um, I became a Christian that night. I remember sitting in the chair, hearing the gospel, which I knew. I grew up Catholic. I knew Jesus died on the cross, but I had no idea that I was condemned um, by my sin. And uh, anyway, it all came together for me. And I just looked at him and was like, oh, I get it. I get it. And I was so full of the Spirit of God. Just like, it makes sense. It's clear. It's clear, you know. So, so. you learned about the gospel basically from the end times yeah. prophecy. Yep. So the Word of God is powerful and effective. You know, Absolutely. so God can use anything, even yes. a sermon about the end times, to yeah. make you understand your depravity. Yeah, absolutely. That's I needed to know my sin had separated me from God and uh -huh. that I had a need for God. And I would later find out all the personal needs, the turmoil inside of me, the, um, you know, just going after worldly things was just a result of being apart from God. Uh -huh. And so God rescued me that night and it sent me on a new path. And so he obviously had been drawing you and you didn't know because people yes. aren't interested in the gospel unless God's drawing them. Completely. And it was funny because about a week before that, I, we were all going out partying and I had my gallon of makeup on my face and my <laughs> ugly bar outfit, you know. And I really was a drunkard. I wasn't a casual drinker. I drank hardcore. And um, But that night I, was, I stepped inside the room of one of my friends. She was still putting her makeup on. And there was this beautiful sunset. And I looked out the dorm window and I was just, I said to her, which is the strangest thing, Man, I think we, I got to stop partying like this. I, I really think I need something in my life. And I said, I thank God. As I was looking at the sunset, I said, I think God needs to change my life. Isn't huh. that strange? Well, that's general revelation. You yes, know, God it uses was. the revelation of himself in nature yeah. and things that he shows totally. us just about himself. It's called general revelation. And so yes. he uses that to change people's hearts. Totally. That's and he it. did me. I had the knowledge that Christ had died for sinners, but I had never, it had never been made personal. And it, it, I didn't realize that would condemn me because I was not a friend. I, I had not oh. asked God to be a friend of mine and to be an advocate on my behalf. So you knew about God. You didn't understand that you could have a relationship with him. Right. Or that you needed to have a relationship totally. with him. Totally. Both mm. of those things. So that night, it all came together for me. It was really, I love the fact that, Unless a man draws, mm -hmm. you know, or unless God draws, draws a man unto himself. Uh -huh. It can't happen. It really, it's the prayer I have for the unbelievers in my life. Like, God, you draw them. You do what we can't do. I will say the truth. You do the work, uh -huh. you know. Right. That's all we can do. Yeah. Wow, um, what a cool story. So today we're going to talk about biblical womanhood. Yeah. So how did you learn what it meant to be a Christ follower? So you understood the gospel. It kind of clicked. Yeah. But you didn't really have these godly women in your life. No. Did you? No. So how did you learn what it looked like to be a godly woman? Well, it was neat that this Campus Bible Fellowship group that we were going to, the uh, couple that led it, Tom and June Hammond, they were godly people. And they lived on a shoestring. I mean, they were missionaries, so they had to raise their own support. They had no money. To live on but they were the I they were just for me the first picture of godliness because they were content happy they were 
They love the ministry. They love the fruit of seeing people, young people coming to know Christ. Uh-huh. And, and so June Ham, well, Tom and June, um, they took me in as far as they didn't spend hours and hours of time with me, but the hours they did spend with me were so profitable. And what did you do? Like, how did you hang out with June? Well, I'd go to her house um, after we got to know each other, and she just was amazed, I think, by my story. And, uh, yeah, just the fruit God was producing. So so what was she? Is she staying home with her kids? Yep. Okay, she was so stay-at-home mom. You basically um, watched her. I did. I'd go to her. She'd say, why don't you come over? But she never stopped doing what she had to do during the day. So when I would get there, hilarious and a really great example to me, she would just authentically say, do you care if I go in my bedroom and read my Bible and pray for a little bit? Could you watch the kids? And I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, so I would do that. And that was just so good for me as a new believer to see that she valued the wisdom of God and talking to God. It was awesome. And I'd play with her kids, and we had hilariously fun times, and her kids became, um, I became one of their biggest fans, and they became one of uh-huh. mine. But um, So she didn't do, like, sit down with you and say, let's do a Bible study. Nope. She just kind of lived her normal life? She did. And the whole time, we would make dinner. We I would help her sweep a floor or do whatever. Uh-huh. We were talking about God, God huh. stuff and scriptural principles. and she'd So there's say, a place for that. Let's sit down and do a Bible study. But I think sometimes what you're yeah. saying... That's actually more shaping sometimes for a young believer to see it in action. Totally. It was completely shaping for me. I got to see her um, discipline her kids. That was a new concept for me and realizing, oh, there's a bigger goal here than just having kids and raising them, get them out of of here or whatever, you know, Uh or just to say I have kids. I saw a biblical view of having kids that um, her purpose was to impart to them the word of God, the truth, that that would guide them in their life and that that's what they were accountable to was the word of God, you know, and to see a woman do this with young children, that learning obedience as a young child was important and it would Uh benefit them for their life as they learn to listen to God. So that was a big thing. I saw an unbelievably awesome example of mutual respect between a husband and wife and so that, you hung out with the both of them at times? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and Jeff did too. I okay. mean, they, were, they reached out to us college students like crazy. And we would go there in groups of 20, 25, 30 to their house. And we'd eat Sloppy Joes and mm-hmm. have an awesome time together. And we'd talk about scripture and we'd laugh our guts out. You know, uh-huh. it was just life. And their kids were always part of it. Their kids were appropriately... Um, implemented into the group where we had fun with the kids but the kids knew where their place was and Uh yeah it was just so many good things that way but and the way they cared and were hospitable towards us there were yeah just a ton of things I was learning but mutual respect between them was so important because I was just your typical college girl that you know I gotta defend myself and be a feminist you know so I was coming out of that world and um, so to see biblical marriage was so healthy for me and I had you know watched my mom go through relationships and stuff and uh, so that revolutionized Mm -hmm. my idea about marriage. So that is fantastic. Did you ever see them like do something wrong or maybe that wouldn't be godly and then 
kind of tell you like, hey, I messed up? Oh, completely. They were so great about, they were just so outgoing, but I, I you know, sometimes they disagree about something in front of us, you know, mm -hmm. and, but there was respect when mm -hmm. they would do it, you know, mm -hmm. they were just so. So you yeah, saw they were real. They, they weren't were these so plastic real. people. So real. That were it perfect. Was, yeah. For once I was seeing that it wasn't religion. It was like something living and active in them. And it was God. It was the same God that wasn't working me. That's what I was seeing. Like, oh, it's the same thing. They got the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit, you know, wow. and they're being obedient to God's word. You know, they, that's where the mutual respect came from and the ability to, boy, I saw forgiveness. I saw all of it. They were very open, huh. not in a weird way, yeah. but in a yeah. really just authentic, authentic way. way. They shared their life with us. So, wow, yeah. that's really powerful. And I think that will encourage was. a lot of women to not think they have to have something structured and have oh, totally. uh, maybe a college girl or a friend come in, but just live their life in truth in front of those people. And yes. that, I mean, in First yeah. Peter, it talks about, hey, the world's watching you. Totally. And the world's seeing that you're different. And yep. so I think just your observation of their life was probably really powerful. Yeah, it was so just powerful. To change you. And I think sometimes... If we think we just have to sit and do a Bible study with someone, sometimes we can hide behind that. Like mm -hmm. that could be easier. But if you have to impart the word of God to someone and live it in front of them, that's a bigger challenge. It is. You know, but, but the profit is, uh, t for the other person is so much higher. And again, I didn't spend hours and hours and hours with June. And I think sometimes that's what we think of discipleship yeah. now is you meet with me at Starbucks and we have hours of time together. Uh -huh. That's unrealistic. And it's not beneficial for you. You know, we, we don't need, every now and then we need uh -huh. time together. With it sounds like maybe you weren't even June's main focus at no, times. No, not at all. I was one of many girls that uh -huh. she, but I have to say we got along great. She, but I, I knew other girls she was spending time with and they were as in love with her as I was and were being shaped by her as I was. There was no jealousy or anything yeah. like that. We were all just like, God is good. Thank you, Lord. This is our so, life. So did you kind of shape your life uh, as a godly woman after that example? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because it wasn't just, oh, I got into a religion and I'm going to do what that lady does. Uh -huh. or, it was, oh, yeah, that's what the Bible says. Because as I was studying the Bible, you know, it was all new to me. I'd never uh -huh. cracked the thing open until I became a Christian. As I saw the scriptures, I'd say, oh, yeah. And study that. And, and I'd realize, oh, that's what Tom and June are doing. That's their motivation is so you were just being obedient played to the out in real life. Yeah. So that became valuable to you then. Oh, my goodness. Living uh, under God's biblical design for mm -hmm. a woman, that was a valuable thing now. Whereas yep. before, you were kind of fighting against it. Oh, I totally Because you didn't it. see the value. Yeah. That's the thing that's cool, too, is the biblical principles, the, the God with me gave me freedom to say Lord, I can entrust myself to you. I don't have to battle against, uh -huh. I don't want to be married. I don't want some man lording over me, all of that. What I could say is I can trust God. And if I follow him, I will, you know, marry a man that honors God. I now figured that one. I'm figuring that one out. You know, you can't just marry We're anyone. We're happy about that. Yeah. And so it was fun because at the same time I was growing and learning these things, Jeff was too. And then so God it seems it. contrary, like, okay, when we follow God, we can't do all these things. Right. But yet you say it actually gave you freedom. Absolutely. I was free. Oh, that's the thing. I I was 
had the deepest hurt in my life was since my dad had died. You know, you can't get over that uh-huh. if you don't have any, you just don't know. You, you know, I had religion. I just didn't have God. And mm-hmm. so I couldn't explain, you know, any of that. And so it caused a lot of turmoil in my right. life, which, again, that just led me down all these paths. One of them was feminism, you know, today's feminism uh-huh. or whatever. But but I wasn't free. I was bound up. I was hurt. I was angry. I was a lot of things. But, um, yeah, the, the scripture set me free because of yeah. the Holy Spirit in me. I love that. And it's really hard to explain to people. Yeah. But you definitely, when you have the Spirit inside of you, you feel free. Yeah. You feel free from yourself. Yes. I think that's what it is. I'm yeah. not bound by the sin that used to be in my life. I'm yeah. not under the, its dominion anymore. Yeah. So. And it doesn't mean that for a few years that uh-huh. I didn't have things Struggles. to deal with. I still had habitual things in my mm-hmm. life that were part of my flesh that I quickly went back to because mm-hmm. I thought, I'm going to protect myself. And God was like, hey, you don't have to. You need to calm down, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And he was saying, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you and be with you and so forth. So had to learn that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you and I have had conversations in the past about today's generation of Mm -hmm. women. So there seems to be a lot of gaps in understanding of what it means to be a biblical woman. I see it um, in marriages in Cornerstone. There's a lot of marriages that are horrible, struggling. And some of that is due to the woman not being a godly wife. Why do you think we see that in even in the church where the women are not um, doing what God says to do as a biblical woman? Yeah, I think a lot of it, it goes back to our willingness to understand and accept what God's word says to us as an individual, as a woman, you know, that um, some things are optional. You know, I think that's America. Everything's optional. Whatever makes me feel good is what I want to do. It's feelings-based. It is. And it's, um, we pamper ourselves. And the hardest thing to do is to let God, I mean, it seems hard, is to allow God to say to you, hey, you're wrong and you need to change your mind about this. And I think unless we're willing to say, I need to change my mind and there is a better way, it's God's way. Right. um, We will do damage to our marriage, to our uh, the raising of our kids, our home, our lack of just Christian... Even serving the community. Yeah, serving, right? Doing good works right. in the world, you know, and having an effect. Was, so you talked about, you know, when you understood God's design for kind of marriages, like when June and her husband kind of were doing things, you said, oh, they're doing that because that's God's design. That's yes. how it looks in real life. So it became valuable yeah. to you. And you talked about you, you kind of experienced freedom. Yeah. So that seems counter yep. to our nature because I think if I have to subscribe to a certain set of behaviors or uh, serve someone else, that I'm actually enslaved. Right. And that's just a lie from, you know, the world. And from, it's, it's a different identity. You're, instead of, if you... Uh, believe that lie, you know, that this is going to hurt me somehow or whatever. That's just, uh, your identity is in the world more than it, it is in Christ. So you're basically not trusting what God says is true. Right. And so you have to, yeah, you have to believe the word of God. And there really is a way. It's just not, oh, here's some Christianity we're going to sprinkle all over everything so we can all sound like religious people. Mm-hmm. It's a relationship with the living God 
who gives you the Holy Spirit and the truth. And you have to be willing to say, no, actually, there is a way. The way is Jesus' way. So whatever way, you know, we see him in scripture, in the gospels, that's the way we should go. And um, so that's what I was seeing with Tom and June was just biblical truth lived out. And I realized at that point, it looks like something. Huh. It, it isn't just however I interpret it. It actually looks like this. This is good. This is a good thing. And I need to, mo they're modeling for me what I need to do. And it was something you hadn't seen. Right. Otherwise. Right. I mean, my parents loved each other. Um, but, you know, that all blew apart after my dad died and mm -hmm. all the hardships started. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. And so what I saw in my mom's relationships was very unbiblical. So she kind of conformed to the world's standards. Oh, yeah. And she, I don't know where she is with God <laughs> to so this day. but That's why we go back to Romans 12, too. It says, do not be conformed to the right. pattern of this world, but be transformed yep. by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to yes. test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Exactly. And so, you know, we have also talked about, you said, the problem with women um, that aren't following biblical design, it was really with their thinking. Mm -hmm. Yep. So tell me about that. Yeah, I, my thinking Or they're changed. not thinking. Yeah, that's right. And I think one of the things that um, I don't like today is that Christian women can be, we can either be, we, we fall in ditches, you know, we're too overbearing or we're um, not thinking at all. And we're kind of silly hearted and we only do the things that make us feel pampered, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like any of those ditches. I think as a woman, a, a child of God, you need to use your mind. You need So, yeah, transform your mind by the word of God. You know, God does the transformation. You just take it in. Um, but we might not know that that actually happens unless we are obedient. It. Yes, exactly. And that's what I think we need to call people to. And it doesn't matter what generation you're in. As Christians, when you say, I'm a Christian, then we say, okay, then we live by the word of God. And um, you learn it, and you can't just walk away from it. You, It's that mirror thing. You know, you have to look in the mirror and say, that's what I look like. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> and let God do the transformation and not just forget what you look like. Um, but to say, I'll do it God's way. Right. But that requires you to be aware of how you are thinking. Yes. Yep. And I think that's what I want. I want this generation, because this, it seems like this generation, I don't just mean young people. It's, I mean, my people my age are believing these things, mm -hmm. that my opinion matters so much. And in fact, I'm going to go on social media and tell you my opinion and you're all going to like it. Mm -hmm. How about, I wish there was a, are you kidding me button in, <laughs> in Facebook, because that's how I feel when I've looked at things. Yeah. And I'm like, you're a believer? Are you kidding me? Why are you liking this? This is nonsense. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. worldly nonsense. And unless But they must not uh, think like that, because they're obviously posting things. And yeah. so we need to help women understand that there is a biblical womanhood that's required of us and it requires us to think rightly. Yeah. And that requires us to call on that transformed mind that as Christ followers has been placed into us when we become a believer. Right. And there is a level of uh, when we confront people and say, hey, you know what? That's just not biblical. If there is a rebelliousness to uh, re in the response to that, I get it. That's your nature, fighting and warring against you. 
and against the spirit of God in you. And I, I went Truth is offensive. That. It is. And it, I don't want to change, you know. And I, when we were first married, there were things that Jeff would confront me on that were true. And I would just, you know, I'd mm-hmm. get all... And mine was dead silence, which meant I will punish you this way, you know. Mm-hmm. And what it was was me rebelling. I was like, no, I won't change. I won't change, you mm-hmm. know. And really, ultimately, my issue was with God and not with Jeff, you know. He your wasn't... ultimate issue was being under authority. It was, and yes. And God it was your authority saying, you've really got to do it like this. Yeah. Oh, man, I think that's that's one of the biggest issues right there is just we do our own thing, go our own way because we don't want authority in our mm-hmm. life. but. God is our authority, and he's a loving authority. But he's not dumb, you know. He mm-hmm. knows what he wants to say to us, mm-hmm. and he says it. And he's not like us, which is good news. Mm-hmm. That's good news. So, Yeah, we want to keep the peace, and so we're afraid to lovingly confront maybe our friends when I see you, let's say, mm-hmm. and we're out, and I say, hey, Teresa, you didn't really respond to Jeff very well. when he asked you about that. Um, Can I do that? Can I do that to you? You can. And it's still loving? And please do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if you see me doing something habitually, and even even if we're together two or three times and you see me do the same sort of thing or have an attitude, yeah, I would want you to say, is there something going on? Because you know what? That's what I saw. And it's not. It's not right. And I think, though, that takes a relationship. Like, we have to have an established relationship before Mm -hmm. I can step in and do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I think uh, relationships, even within the church, we can say, we can can bring up a subject, Mm -hmm. and we should be able to do it without completely offending someone. So Mm -hmm. it it is in the way I Mm -hmm. approach you. I can approach you and barely know you and say, hey, I was just wondering, this is something, and, you know, please take this. I don't know. We just we're so sensitive about people um, confronting us about anything, and that's that's probably one of the biggest problems is we make so many things optional as yeah, Christians. Right. We say, "Well, I'll get married. That's a good thing, but um, and I want my husband to treat me um, with respect and honor and see me as precious, mm-hmm. but." This submission thing, that's a little bit optional mm-hmm. for me. Like, right. I'll do that whenever, you know. And um, we build walls when we do that. Uh, those are the walls of um, Christian marriages falling apart. So the walls are, okay, here's my wall. There's your wall. And if we don't breach those, we're going to be okay. We'll have a pseudo-happy relationship, but it won't be really enjoyable. Uh-huh. <laughs> because I have a wall, and I don't want you to touch it. And right. I don't want to well, change. Well, it's because we think we have rights. We think we are. We have the right to have a loving, doting husband. We think we yeah. have the right to. And you know what? The truth is we really don't have rights. Yeah. And so we think our rights get, um, you know, threatened. And so we get crabby because we think we yeah. deserve certain things that we were never promised. Yeah. And we wield our weapons uh-huh. in our marriages. Yeah. You yeah. know, Christian marriages are really suffering even from intimacy uh-huh. because, again, I built a wall, and you will not ever come near that wall. If you do, I will wield my weapon of withholding from you affection and intimacy, you know. And I think that's a real damaging thing, especially in an over-sexualized world. Uh-huh. Marriage, I mean, for example, um, you know, sex and marriage should be the best sex on earth, you uh-huh. know. Um, but Don't you think it goes back to authority, though? 
We think yeah. we're our own authority. Totally. So we don't have to really do what the Bible says to do. Not that it's all about doing. It's about a changed heart. Yep. We don't have to allow our heart to be changed. And so we choose to do what we want. We right. think things are optional. So, yeah. um, so how can you and I, as older women, um, be in the type of relationship you know, that we can confront women and teach them how to be thankful and how to be graceful and how to be content rather than, hey, it's my right to do this. Right. And I'm going to make this rant on Facebook because I think I um, need to be seen and heard. Um, I mean, I even struggle with that. So how can we teach younger women what it means to be a biblical woman? How can we do that? We have to be in each other's lives, mix it Relationship. up. Relationship. Yeah. And again, going back to my time spent with June Hammond wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't get, get hours and hours and hours, but the hours I got mm -hmm. were, were fantastic. I wanted to learn and she was open, authentic, and willing to share her life with me mm -hmm. and not just her life, but her scriptural life. And that's what I needed. It was, it was life. It Doing was life together. Life. Yeah. Given we to need me. to be more, um, open to just uh getting in each other's lives yeah, and not exactly. just being facebook friends but oh, being actual friends totally yeah i think that's very important but another important thing is like we said transforming our minds with the truth mm -hmm. and so you've been a teacher of precepts classes for several years yeah um how is that how is digging deep into god's word really transform we talk about transforming your mind how has it transformed the way you've thought about obedience the way you've thought about authority the way you've thought about submission yeah it has everything to do with it because it. when I read and study the scriptures, it's not that I think, okay, here's the formula. I know how to be a better Christian. What I'm confronted with and um, consoled with is who God is. And when I see who God is as I study the scriptures and how he interacted with sinful people, um, that then my convictions come out of that because I think if that's how God is, um, and he's most important to me, then that informs every aspect of my life. It's not, you know, I do Christian things. Mm -hmm. it's, I'm, a, I'm a believer, a Christ follower. And so, and that's who I'm following. It raises my view of God and then puts me rightfully where I belong in the world. And um, then I just, my desire for him is, is higher and deeper. And everything God says about himself in the word is actually true. Sometimes we think, oh, maybe he doesn't love me and maybe yeah. I'm not precious and maybe he doesn't care. Yep. But if we say those things, we're calling God a liar because what he says is true and we must choose to believe that whether we yeah. feel it or not. Yep. Totally. You know, my daughter-in-law, Sarah, um, joined Precepts this last semester because she had a baby and was staying home um, with her for three months. Mm -hmm. And she joined Precepts, and it was really sweet because um, at the end of it, I'm, I told her, this will be weird for you having me be your teacher. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, at the end of it, she said, I just need you to know I have learned more from this study in the Word than I've ever learned which was so encouraging to me because who cares? You're never too late. It's never too late to just say, you know what? I want to be a learner. I want to be a student of Jesus. I want to get to know God. And we're going through Old Testament stuff. And mm -hmm. she, you know, she had learned a ton. And But it was so cool because a few weeks ago, she had friends who were calling on her from outside, you know, that are friends from the past and lots of tragedy going on. So they contact her. And she said it was 
it was great because I was telling them what I learned from our King study. And I was like, yes, Lord, thank you. So it's really transformed the way she's thinking. It is. Because she became a learner. Yeah. And she's a good, she's a neat believer and so on. But it's just fun to see people, their depth of knowledge of God changes them. And that's where your convictions come from. Completely. I honor my husband because I love the Lord and I want to obey him ultimately. And I've received blessing in my marriage because I've learned to honor my husband, to submit to my husband when that was really a new concept for me. Um, But now I look back and I think, man, there's so much protection in that. God, in submitting to a godly man, I've benefited in every possible way. My kids have benefited. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I've read something about the uh, the level of our growth in grace is dependent on our obedience. Yes. So we are unable to obey more when we believe about God what is true. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's very good. So would you like to pray for the women today I, and pray yeah. that they would be learners and that they would yep. allow God's word to transform their minds? I will. Lord, I bring people before you, ourselves, uh, just in our need for you, God. You know how much we need you. You know that you have the words of life for us. I pray, God, that you would draw us more into relationship with you and that even maybe some, some of the women that listen to this, that it would just spark in them a desire to deal with some of the things that maybe are tripping them up and help them to be open and know that We'll love them if they ask for help um, and um, that we will just want to honor you, God, and that that there is safety in that and they can be assured that you love them and that, um, yeah, you want to lead and guide them. Lord, we need your truth. We live in a world with a lot of perversion and wickedness and and just deceit, you know, and deceit comes in really pretty packages. And uh, I pray, God, that we would reject that and that we would say, no, what matters to me is what does God think? And I, uh, so I pray, God, that you would, um, yeah, just fan the flame of uh, authentic relationship with you. Help us to encourage one another toward love and good deeds um, toward you and, and in all the areas of our life that, that we need you, which is in every area, Lord. All of life is spiritual and all decisions are spiritual and so we we want to honor you in that thank you god for your goodness thank you for this uh body of believers um these living stones who all together are the are the church and we just pray that as we interact with one another we would honor you and give you glory in jesus name amen Amen. thank you for coming today Teresa. that was very very valuable thanks Tori. thanks for walking along with us today I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?